Wake up, buyer payer people. It's a beautiful day. Go grab yourself another cup of joe and say hello to Jim and Michelle Rhodes on the Buy Here, Pay Here morning show. Take it away, you two. Good morning, everybody. Hey. Hey, welcome. It's Friday. We're happy to happy have Friday. you here. Yeah. Just, I was really just checking uh, for myself to make yeah. sure. It <laughs> is it Friday? It's, it is it's Friday. Been a hectic week. So it's like, um, it's one more wake up and we have a wedding. So if, I, if I'm a little, one more one wake up. A wake up. Wake, okay. Didn't you ever, like when you were a kid, ever. Uh, I never heard that till I met you. Oh my gosh. That's, we measured all time as. A kid when I was a kid, especially waiting to go to Disneyland, and right? and also I did this with my kids, so mm-hmm. it was you know it's like how many more days, and I could I would say well there are three more wake ups, mm-hmm. and they would understand at that kind of like in their mm-hmm. brains went like okay so we have I go to bed and I wake up and I go to bed and I wake up so you <laughs> yeah. could. Just One to more kind of up. translate for me, you could say six more coffee cups and then we're going. Yes. Yeah, right? <laughs> or, or yeah, yeah right. um, caress right, right. of coffee. Um, so, yeah, it's home stretch. I'll, uh, we'll have to, we'll be, I'll be posting some pictures of the stuff because my, um, yeah, <laughs> uh, some pictures of the stuff uh, uh, that I've been working on because I'm doing all the flowers. So, yep. yeah. It's the, been a lot of work. Been fun to watch her do her thing. She's amazing. Oh, my daughter, our daughter came over yesterday to to do some last minute. I need to pick up some stuff and all of that. And she just walked around and she got a little teary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to make yeah. it really real. So, yeah. all right, enough wedding talk because okay. that's you know, yeah, okay. I could. Uh, there's so the much. End. The end. Yeah. Um, it's Friday. Mm-hmm. Got a few invitations mm -hmm. out for special guests for next week, so uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you'll want to kind of stay tuned to see who we bring to the microphones. We will be in San Diego a week from today broadcasting the Lease Here, Pay Here morning show, so uh, we look forward to being out there with the good folks from LHPH uh, Capital for their summit, and uh, a lot of folks that we know will be there, so look forward to to getting out there and doing that. But yeah, look for information on our Monday and Wednesday Mm -hmm. episode. Got something special. trying to bring together for mm-hmm. next White Hat Wednesday. Yeah, okay. it'll be good. It'll be really good. Shall we dig into our topic? I think that sounds good. Okay. Okay, so we're we're we've we've talked kind of about this before. Yeah. But um there's so much that you can discuss on this topic that uh um a lot to unpack and to review because it's the kind of stuff that a lot of times people might hear it, but they may not be ready to hear it. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm thinking about today is like, I just, I can say that, you know, one of the things I'm trying to do here, and we Mm -hmm. always have to be careful, like when we talk about theft analysis, you know, we realize the buy here, pay here show, like it goes out across the worldwide interweb from Boston to Bangladesh, Mm -hmm. right? Managers can hear it, employees can hear it. So, you know, mostly our audience is dealers, right? Mm -hmm. So we're, we're, but we recognize that others can hear this. So we, there's certain things that we don't want to say, you know, in, in this format. But today we are yeah. circling back to something we talked about before. We're just going a little uh, more specific. Like I prepared a little illustration of, you know, what the, uh, what the thing is meant to look like. So I am just realizing though that something's changed in my settings over here. Cause I've got the, um, I've got the spreadsheet, but it looks like I've got something else in there. See the image in there too. Yeah. So let me, let me see, let me make sure. Mm-hmm. 
if we just go that route. There we go. Okay. All right. So yeah, I got the spreadsheet <coughs> now ready to show you. But it's, yes. um, the idea is to talk about theft analysis and help dealers be able to pinpoint the areas that, and this is an interesting thing because it sometimes gets stuck between the dealer, mm -hmm. the CPA, maybe there's an office manager, mm -hmm. um, but we just as dealers, we got to make sure we identify this one key piece. Yeah, okay? and so um, I'm going to bring up the the image of this um, uh, spreadsheet mm -hmm. that Jim has put together. And um, so if you're listening and you can't see, then hop mm -hmm. on YouTube mm -hmm. or just look at the recordings that are on some of the uh, social media channels. Channels mm -hmm. that we um, we broadcast in, um, but so yeah, go okay. ahead. So yeah, let me take folks through this, and let's just um, for those of you who can see the screen, I'm just going to move through all the the numbers fairly quickly <clears throat> because we want to zero in on on certain ones. So I just chose some simple round numbers here to say mm -hmm. if our opening principal balance for any given period we could measure, let's say we're looking at the month of September. <clears throat> and I've got $100,000 loaded in there as our opening principal balance. And then if we had new amount financed of $10,000, that would obviously increase our principal balance mm -hmm. for that period. Then principal that we collected would come out of there. Principal that we charged off would come out of there. And then, you know, we would be in balance then. We should. I find a lot of software, we struggle, as you know, we struggle to identify that change in principle. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get to plus or minus 1% and move on. But sometimes that's a big number. But this next item I've got listed is plus or minus other non-cash adjustments. Okay. So what are those? So it can be in different software, we call it different things. But it's basically some... Adjustment to the principal, it might be an increase. Some software will allow a principal increase, might, you know, refinance a note and add some principal to, mm -hmm. to for some purpose. But uh, more likely, it's a decrease in principal, like some software will call it a write-down, some sort of mm -hmm. a, an adjustment at a time of a payoff or those kind of things. So that's the important one I, I want to sort of identify. But in this case, what it says is that it calculates then based on those numbers. I've got mm -hmm. $500 loaded in there as negative, you know, adjustments to principal. So we calculate that we would have 100500 100, in our calculated closing principal balance. And then we just check the report and make sure that that matches. Now, you know, we do a lot of these numbers because I'm using them to track things like conversion rates, the yes. actual performance portfolio performance. So we mm -hmm. want those numbers anyway for por portfolio performance. But now that we're there, we can use this for other purposes to help identify the, we're reconciling receivables to cash just to make sure no dollars left our portfolio that weren't identified. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now you can see down there in green, I've got interest collected, late fees collected, cash sales and wholesale sales, down payments collected. Some dealers would hear this and say, Jim, all I got to do is run a report of my DMS of money collected. No, if you think that, you're missing what I'm saying here. Okay, because so what, what is it that is different from just running that report and what it is that you're talking about? Well, it's, these, it's mostly these non-cash things. So see over here on the right, I've got, you know, charge-off is something that we always recommend to dealers that they be careful about who they grant authority to in terms of permissions to do charge-offs because mm -hmm. there are vulnerabilities there. Mm -hmm. Then... Um, the other non-cash adjustments would be, you know, in, in different software, it would be different authority, different security limits, and mm -hmm. they might call it different things. But if, if anybody can go in and make adjustments to principal, that's a potential problem. And so as a dealer, 
I just think we don't see people really doing this. To verify, I started the month with a certain amount of principal. Mm -hmm. Can I identify all the principal that left my portfolio? Mm -hmm. Some of this will be cash and some won't, right? When we charge off the account, that's not cash. We're writing off some balance that was supposed to be paid. Mm -hmm. but, but the idea is, can I identify all the dollars that left my portfolio? Okay, because mm -hmm. this is the largest asset in the business and most everybody here pay your operation, right? So we need to make sure we make time and have a process to verify that we can identify all of those numbers. So I've got some additional stuff down here at the bottom. But again, those, those items in green, for those that are listening just verbally, interest collected, late fees collected, cash and wholesale sales, down payments collected. That would be money typically coming into the drawer. So Outside of the principal balance. Right. Right. This yeah. is this is in addition to the principal that we showed to have collected above. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so that's that tells me that our anticipated bank deposits then would be thirteen thousand six hundred dollars. So that's easy. People can run the report and say we're supposed to have brought in in cash thirteen thousand six hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't address everything that I'm talking about. So again, these the question is, what about is there any other money that left your portfolio that is not represented in your bank deposits? And yeah. if so, let's yeah. make sure we identify and it. So, I mean, that could be spiffs, um, like from, okay. from your till. It, like you've, you, not really. Not really? I'm not what? talking about the cash drawer. I'm talking about the actual portfolio of contracts in the software. Okay. Okay. All right. So, but so, see, when you're collecting down payments as cash mm -hmm. and, um, and wholesale cash, mm -hmm. um, cash, those, because the interest collected and the late fees collected, those are typically not cash. Those are typically just... No, they, they would be. They yeah, would be? They, typically, you wouldn't see cash. Like, I'm talking about actual collected interest. This is not accrued interest on the portfolio. This is actually money collected. Oh, okay. okay. So this would be represented in the cash drawer. Okay, gotcha. So everybody calls their cash drawer report. All these DMS systems call their cash drawer report something different, you know, recap report, whatever, uh, bank drawer, whatever. Okay. So, But the idea is that I think the main thing to drive home here today is that not all of it's going to be in cash. And sometimes this portfolio can shrink without us even knowing about it. And that depends on who's got authority to do what. In Caping the holes is one of the, uh, it, uh, we, uh, I strongly suggest anyone listening, if you haven't watched any of the gaping holes episodes or listen to them, go back and listen to them because mm -hmm. that's a gaping hole kind of thing. Yeah, that's definitely yeah. in that category of things that we've got to mm -hmm. watch. And this is why I put over there, you know, is, is this clearly identified? Like, do we know exactly how much charge off principal, how much principal we charged off in the period? Do we know any other adjustments? And, and this is why I think it's important to reconcile first the principal, mm -hmm. partly because we need it for those other reports, but also because as a dealer, first of all, I'm going to be turning these reports into my accountant. And, mm -hmm. you know, the old thing about garbage in, garbage out. Like if you turn in incomplete, you know, information, or you don't identify the stuff, and it's pretty hard for your accountant to give you real information. So first, we want to make sure that we identify all the stuff. And mm -hmm. look, it could be perfectly legitimate, right? Mm -hmm. Most cases, it will be. But it's just that we've got to verify that there's no money that left the portfolio that we can't clearly see a report that shows where it went, okay. if it's, especially if it's non-cash. The cash is easier. And so for today, we're not really talking about cash in the drawer and managing cash in the building. Uh, there, there are specific reports for that, and there's a different set of problems, and those are more difficult to talk about in this environment. But We're just talking about the 
receivables. The receivables, really. Yeah. Can, can we? So this is about reconciling receivables to cash. If if the dollars left the portfolio of receivables, are they in the bank account? And if not, where, where are, are they? they? Where do they go? Yeah. So you can make it as simple as that. Like just just make sure you can identify that and that there's a report that shows you exactly and that there's a you know that there's an appropriate um what would you call it a user ID, a stamp yeah. with each of those transactions so we know exactly who yeah. made whatever adjustments. Let me ask you, um is this something that a dealer should look at monthly. daily, weekly, monthly? Okay, I so would say this monthly. One's monthly. Mm-hmm. And um so give me some examples of scenarios about why this would be really off. Um, because uh, mostly these non-cash adjustments. So, you know, what can happen is if, this is mostly about, and this is the reason I mentioned security limits. If, if you've got somebody on the team that we've granted security access, and that's I, a whole different. Can I, can I squirrel course, just yeah. a little bit? And it's really interesting when, when we talk to dealers um, at new clients, new dealers, um, that because they don't want to have to be bothered by other stuff, by some of these things, um, because they're so busy on the sales floor, they're, they're so busy working in their business, they're so busy working in their business, they don't want to take the time to do this, so they give certain people on their team admin access to everything mm-hmm. so they don't have to worry about it and what we're saying is that is a recipe for disaster it is. and and it's interesting every time um, this is a this is an important squirrel every time we've talked to dealers that do that they say but i trust them so much yeah. and and if you ask people that have had money taken from them if they trusted the people they will i'll tell you yes they trusted the person. They trusted right up until the person. They, didn't. they trusted the person right up until they didn't. Yes, and so it's um, it's really highly important that a dealer, if if it's not the dealer that is looking at this, then it is someone outside of the dealership that's looking at this. Yeah, and I think you know if if I'm a consultant advisor looking at this, mm-hmm. I I typically try to make a point to make sure the management team mm-hmm. knows. We may ask some questions uh-huh. of the management team that we kind of already know the answer to, but we're just kind of letting them know, hey, we're, we're looking at this. We're mm-hmm. starting to report this to the dealer once a month. Yeah. And so that's helpful. But look, I, you know, I even said in the, the description of the show, it's like we, I get that people um, trust their team. And what I'm suggesting here is that's that's wonderful. That's beautiful. You Let's want, keep it you that You want way. to trust your team. You yeah, absolutely want to trust your team, but you don't want to give your team enough rope to hang themselves that's right. with. That's really what we're talking yeah. about. So you got to make sure that the security limits in the software are such yeah. that, yes, Mr. Dealer, if you follow the things we would be recommending, you will be involved in some of these things. Yeah. You will be the one granting the charge-offs. And, and by the way, we can do a whole separate episode on this, but I've helped dealers create a PO system so that they sort of write a PO to authorize these things so that they don't have to be the one at the desk. You know, if they're out there busy at the car auction and they don't have time to be at the desk, then they can issue POs to authorize, you know, three charge-offs, for example. But then those POs have to be entered. Right. Those POs are put in there as a reference. And so if there are Mm -hmm. are charge-offs happening that weren't authorized, that's a problem. So, yeah, that's definitely part of the thing. I saw George. Yeah, George Trust, trust, but verify. I mean, that that is... Ronald Reagan. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, that's definitely what the, <laughs> yeah. the approach that we're operating on. Mm-hmm. But we just like to keep it such that 
we can continue to trust our team because we, <clears throat> we have the necessary safeguards in place that we know we're not providing an opportunity for people to, um, you know, get their, their hands in the cookie jar. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. there are just some other vulnerabilities that we can't get too specific about, but certainly in the DMS, we just know that, you know, we, we, we just, it's painful to see dealers mm -hmm. go through a kind of thing like this where they, they, you know, experience this problem. So, uh, I didn't get a chance to show at the bottom oh. right there. There's still something else on the bottom. Just that that little piece about the decrease in receivables mm -hmm. for this month was $9,500 principal, right? And so we can identify a certain amount of that was cash. We expect that in our drawer. And then a certain amount of it was non-cash. So again, same things. Like we need to identify up there. We had the non-cash adjustments to principal, charge off and other non-cash adjustments. But it's just important to identify those things and make sure we can see exactly where the, the money went or the dollars went. Sometimes they didn't go in the bank because they got written off or charged off. Mm -hmm. That's okay as long as we can identify it and know what's happening there. And then the other piece of this is down payments and cash sales. We've got a vulnerability there that I think it depends. Certain operations, the, the, you would be less um, susceptible to this kind of thing. But one of the things I've helped dealers implement in the past is some sort of post-sale audit. Mm. And we mm -hmm. sort of represent it as a customer satisfaction audit. It goes out as a, not exactly a welcome letter, but it just verify that you're satisfied with, you know, your purchase. And oh, by the way, you know, we show that you bought this car on this date and that you put, you know, $1,300 down and your first payments on this date. So it lets us confirm when the payments are going to start mm -hmm. and um, verify that that's the amount of down payment. And I would, paid. another kind of squirrel is I would not have it be the same person that made the sale that makes that oh, call. Sure. Of course. Well, so, it's not a phone call. It could be a text or message. Or a text message or whatever. Simple. And that it's 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 part of just your normal process of auditing, you know, oh, sure. everything that's no, happening within your business. So someone outside of the team that actually does the uh, the sales is the one that's doing that customer yeah, satisfaction audit. It's a audit. shame to have to look at that sort of thing. But again, it's a way to keep people on so that they know that that's happening and they mm -hmm. can see that, you know, if I'm a new salesperson and I got a pretty tough situation at home and I can get a customer to commit to a deferred down payment off the books, mm -hmm. you know, or if I can get them to, you know, give me $1,800 down, but I put the paperwork through at $1,300 down. You know, yeah. what measures do we have in place to, to identify that sort I, of problem? And again, you know, you don't want to give people ideas, but these are things that are real. Well, this is something it's that dealers very can, real. can check behind yeah. the, mm -hmm. the transaction and verify, because the dealer's not going to be there to touch and meet every customer and be personally mm -hmm. involved in every transaction. So these are the ways that we can audit after delivery and verify. And it's a good idea for us to verify that the customer, right, we all see problems sometimes with the customers claiming they they didn't know when their first payment was, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that we can solve in this sort of post-sale audit, mm -hmm. but you can do it around cash sales. Uh, I've seen it with wholesale sales. I've seen managers, you know, wholesale stuff off the back row, mm -hmm. um, you know, junk cars, whatever, and they kind of get in coats with, you know, some sort of manager or whatever. So it's a good idea to just have a way to, to spot check that mm -hmm. from another perspective. And uh, so that's the kind of stuff that yeah. we we see can happen. But I just think the main lesson for today was we, we really have to make time to verify those items that left the portfolio that may not have made it into the bank deposit. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's gone from the portfolio. If it's Would not you, in the bank deposit, let's find out why. I, I have a question because, sure. I mean, it just kind of adds layers of separation between, because you were just saying someone could be in cahoots with someone else. And mm-hmm. and so they're doing this thing. Um, is is this is that post-sales audit um would you suggest, or is it some uh, uh, an option? Like we already know that our bookkeeper should not be on site. Mm-hmm. Um, to just to have the bookkeeper take care of that, making those phone calls. Yeah, that'd be fine if they're yeah. not involved in the handling of the cash. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so so basically, what what it is, I guess, the root of that is, is the person doing the audit has no. No hand in the till, no hand in the cash, no yeah. hand in the in the actual process of of the the contracting or the the um, the sell of or any of that right. the the underwriting any of that that it's just someone that is that is outside of that entire deal ecosystem right and that is doing this audit. Yeah. So one other thing to be aware of, and George uh, mentioned there that uh, another exposure is for. Uh, people moving payments. So, so some would call that a deferral or um, Mm -hmm. a due date change. There's different names I hear, but George, you're absolutely right. And that's why for our clients, we don't recommend that uh, uh-uh. Collection supervisors even have that authority in the DMS because that's something that has to be done in the DMS, and so yeah. And now we're uh-huh. now we're talking about something different than theft. It, you know, it could be theft, but well, more it is likely, theft if it's a, if it's if it's if it's fat and making their their bonus, yeah, or a, their whatever theft. fat. That's that's a, a form of theft. That's exactly right. Yeah, and it also could be um, that maybe let's say it doesn't move the uh, manager's bonus any, but it it certainly you know, may reflect on their performance, in which case now we're really just talking about mismanagement, which can get really out of control. And so dealers Mm -hmm. can be sitting there saying, wow, we got a portfolio. Why is our portfolio not generating as much cash? Delinquency looks fine. It's because people are moving due dates. Mm -hmm. And so these are among the things we would say, we just, we, we don't recommend to our clients that they grant that authority at the dealership level. Like they're just, there are things that we alone as dealers want we asked our clients to make sure that they retain authority on a short list of things that they're always involved in mm-hmm. those things. And so certainly, you know, due date changes would be one of those. We just see those get out of hand. Mm-hmm. And especially, I mean, gosh, dealers, you know, if, if this is around your bank covenants, you could, you could find yourself in a situation where you committed some sort of fraud or your manager committed some or sort you're of out fraud. Or you're just out of covenants. Mis- yeah, you're misrepresenting yeah. Your, yeah. your performance And then you've got this portfolio. massive thing that's due. Yeah, they, so they just, call. you know, for today, it was mm-hmm. mostly about just making mm-hmm. sure dealers can identify the money, mm-hmm. make sure they d- can identify the changes in their receivables. Mm-hmm. And and we just find very few dealers are actually doing that, you know. And so yeah. um, when we when we won't make time to do that, then we unfortunately, we can end up in a pretty bad place. Okay, so uh, top tips then. Yeah. I would say one is to do the post-sale audit. Yeah. That's a really big tip and that it be someone outside of the actual structuring of the deal. Mm-hmm. That's right. doing it and preferably someone that's offsite if right. you if you've like your bookkeeper and, and or something. In this day and age you should be able to do that with forms and automations. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh the post sale audit, the second one uh is just this idea of making sure that we identify all reductions in principal 
that aren't in the bank deposit. Mm-hmm. And then third are your security limits. Security limits uh, of all kinds. Of, it's going to be charge-offs. I, I and know, authority. I know, I know, I know, I know. People really, you want to trust your team to the moon, mm-hmm. and it's like they're family. Yep. I, I, and we hear that all the time. You want to, mm-hmm. you know, that it's like we trust them. They're like family. It's the that you you just need to be super careful and you know and especially if you're an absentee dealer or someone that's not there as often that you've got a second in command a manager that reports to you or someone that is responsible for doing those things and not the not the collector not the collection manager right um that it's it, that's because those are upper upper management functions, not mm-hmm. just management functions, but they're upper upper. So it's like dealer or just right below dealer. Yeah, I think okay. the real danger here for dealers is they can end up working a lot of hours and hustling and doing the best they can to take care of customers and not getting ahead financially because mm-hmm. some of this stuff is this leakage, as we often call it, mm-hmm. is and again, not all of it's end up in an employee's pocket. Some of it's can be mismanagement, mm-hmm. but it, it hurts you either way as a dealer. And so this is why we, we just, it's a, it's a very short process. I mean, if you look at mm-hmm. this, it's a very simple method to go through and just verify, can I, can I identify all the money that left my portfolio? Mm-hmm. Some of it went in the bank and some of it got adjusted otherwise, and we just need to make sure we know what that is. So that was what I had for today. So I think that's, we probably uh, should get I... on to our back to flowers, <laughs> right? <laughs> I still have more flowers to do. Yeah, you're she's, welcome. She's been hammering away at those. Uh, so. I like I'll I'll, I'll, job. I'll post some pictures. And it's Friday. Everybody, get out and look at some fall colors on Sunday. No one's yeah. open, and enjoy some of this season. I'm looking forward to doing that Sunday because Saturday's the wedding, and mm-hmm. I will enjoy a nice, cool, crisp fall afternoon with some color there you go so have a great afternoon everybody 11 eastern on monday thanks so much for joining us